welcome to the Outsiders um, Football and Philosophy Podcast. Um, special, special edition today, isn't it, Simon? Yep. I also <laughs> thought that you did your special intro there um, with lots of pauses, just to increase the suspense. Yes, absolutely. So, um, <laughs> um, well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a very special guest on our show today, and we're going to talk about um, a couple of different things. Uh, keep we're going to keep the philosophy side up, but um, we're going to move our gaze away from um, the the well trodden path of what we usually do, and we're going to talk about something slightly different. So, um, with us today, we have um, I'm going to call her by her proper name, Helen Busby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Helen, do you want to just tell us a little bit about um, your football career, if you, if I can call, if I, you don't mind me saying, yeah, that, if you yeah. can call it, a career. no, of course it is, it's career, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so played football since ever since I can remember, mm-hmm. really, and then just started off sort of playing well under twelves, and then I went to. Well, I played up until I went to university mm-hmm. and then um, just for obviously local Obi and Wigston girls. Um, and Where's Obi and Wigston, pl- sorry? What do you mean? <laughs> well, because we have people <laughs> all, um, oh, literally sorry, tens of, of miles away that listen to this. Of course. So, <laughs> Leicester, Leicester based, Leicester England. Based, thank you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, came back from uni and one of my close friends who I'd always played with said, oh, my friend wants to start a women's football team are you interested I said yes definitely mm-hmm. and that was Lutterworth um, athletic ladies and the manager turned out to be my future husband how convenient yeah <laughs> we've all been there he... <laughs> that's how you and I met Stu isn't it yeah. you were just a chimney uh, yes. sweep until I met you that's <laughs> true yeah. Yeah. Okay. we had a few very successful seasons mm-hmm. um, and then it basically the lads didn't want to do it anymore mm-hmm. so that stopped and then eventually well I think that's well no the season after I went to Leicester City Women's uh, Football Club and what and year is this sorry that was 2015 okay oh what a year yeah yeah, what a year indeed. <laughs> Hold on, there's there's been quite a big jump there because I've played for local sides and, and my local story doesn't go... Yeah, yeah, my story doesn't go... Um, I was playing for the Red Lion um, and then the lads didn't want to do it anymore and so I ended up playing for Leicester City. That That's not part of my story. It, it was I then played for the White Horse. So... <laughs> So, so t- tell me a little bit more about because you've just jumped over loads of steps there. I think in terms of so you were playing for Lutterworth, it, it didn't, yeah. it 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 sort and of you came were really to an successful, end. but it kind yeah. of somehow petered out. And, and then you went to Leicester City. Mm. Yeah, that's like they're two different sides. They're patently. Well, yeah, very different. So, so how did that happen? I had. Um, did you marry the manager there as well? Of, <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't. A couple of friends were um, playing for them. They just said, "Why don't you come down?" And then, well, I was, I was good. So, I mean, <laughs> oh, there it is. I was good. You weren't just walking good. past one day was... and someone said, "Here, darling, no. you got the time." Yeah, no, no. It, 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 it was based on ability. Okay, listen. Um, one thing I do want to say just before we carry on, like, um, 
I really enjoy um, photography. Okay. And in sport, I'm going somewhere with this, don't worry. In sport, there are a few. It's going to photos. be one of your other deviant stories again. <laughs> yeah, it, they, these these stories tend to end with me with uh, naked from the waist down. But um, <laughs> um, it's going to start that way as well. There are there are there are there are. I love great sporting ph- photography. You know, Zidane headbutting, um, Roberto Baggio blazing the ball over the bar against Brazil. You mm-hmm. know, um, Can- Cantona's fly kick. Yes. Yes. Um, and in my top 15 great football pieces of photography, you're in it. Oh, yes. <laughs> Do you, now, now, I'm going to recollect it from memory. It was um, you scoring against, is it Wolves? Mm-hmm. Um, and you turn around and you run towards your bench. Is that right? Yeah. And yeah. I've never seen, it's like Alexander the Great conquering, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> Afghanistan. It, it was... It was it's such an insanely good f- photograph. Is it okay if we put that on our on our Twitter? Of course. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, do you want to just give me uh, to tell me the story about that? Why why was that such a kind of like watershed moment for you? Because it was the final game of the of the season, the two thousand fifteen sixteen season, mm-hmm. and we had gone twenty one games unbeaten, so the whole season without losing a game in mm-hmm. the league, and we were drawing one all until the 91st minute and then I scored that goal and it was like the best goal I've ever scored and I've never ran to the manager ever it seems like a really like kiss ass thing to do but no I just like talk us, tear- talk us and at that moment the manager was naked from the waist down Honestly, like I, I do think people will write papers on you at some point, and and it will be you no. Know, what it will be it will be it will be a Netflix documentary. I go back to this quite often. You and I will be talking heads, uh, Helen. Like you and I will be sat looking really You'll serious in a room, going, go, "He seemed well, normal. He seemed normal." Well, there were, I didn't know. There were hints here and there, but you know, we just thought we didn't it was know. a sense of humour. He used to drink um, out but, of animals' heads, but we, it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but when 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 the partially eaten carcasses began to appear, <laughs> that's when I started to get a bit worried. Um, talk, talk us talk us through the goal. What like what what happened? Oh, he's well, such was... a voyeur. He gets some kind of weird thrill off of stuff like this. Hold on, hold on a second. I'm just trying to think. Football. Yeah, we are in a football football podcast. Yeah, that, that's that's right. So so it'd be good to talk about some football. Keep your hands where I can see them. <laughs> tell 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 me about the goal because like that's what I want to hear. Like ninety first minute. That is the stuff you dream of, isn't it? Like as that as you're playing like as a nine, ten, eleven year old, you practice that on the playground. It's like yeah. when you score that goal against the year sixes and you're in year five, you're you're the hero <laughs> because it's nine it's the ninety first minute. And you've won the league with it. So, like, so what? What happened? Was it a tap in? Was it? Did you go round someone? Did you? Well, I just I remember thinking that it's got to be the final whistle was about to go, and I remember they'd equalised, and it was just devastating because I think gotcha. they equalised quite late. Punch, punch to the stomach. Yeah. And then we, I was obviously back to goal just past the halfway line. Obviously, there was a break on, hmm. so. Just sort of turned. They had it. Uh, we had the ball out right, out wide right, and then it was just getting closer and closer to the twelve, uh, eighteen yard box. Um, cross came in, and then 
they tried to clear it, but then Lauren Impey, who was the um, our central midfielder, slid in with a tackle and it came to me. I was probably um, f- quite far left of the goal and then had my back to it, turned, went went right of the defender and just hit it bottom left corner. Um, do you have any video footage of this? Or I do. My cousin <gasps> said my cousin said it was an obvious scuff. <laughs> okay, I need. You know to what? Some video. of the most important goals are scuffs. I'd go back to um, Iniesta's World Cup winning goal, and <laughs> that's what it made me a... think of. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, they're both in the same category, aren't they? Um, but, but, but actually, like he, his first touch is is remarkable in that. But actually, that sort of swipe across the goal, everyone was like waxing lyrical. He's genius. He's done this. But anybody who watched Iniesta like regularly, I mean, he's still better at shooting than most normal players. But shooting was one of his weakest characteristics, and and I still think that was a scuff. The the goal that won the World Cup, and it's like <clears throat> the 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 goal that won the league for you and maintained that record. Who cares if it's a scuff? Yeah. I remember score. I remember scoring an extra time um, winner, and I was. I swear it was a bullet header. That everyone else swore it came off like the lower portion of my chin, <laughs> and 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 I've even seen the video footage of that goal, and it shows it coming off my chin. But in my mind, it's a bullet header that Giroud would be pleased with. So who cares? I, if I it's remember. A score? I remember. I I scored once, right? And when I walked in, all my mates said, "You'll never get her." And when I was in, the- <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got any football stories. I haven't got any football stories. And then you married her. Oh, we've done. <laughs> yeah. It's been done. It's been done. Okay, listen. So, um, would you say that's your proudest moment of your of your footballing career? Well, I was thinking about this, mm. and um, but off the back of that, we were when it was the same year that Leicester City won the league, same season yeah. that Leicester City won the league. So, even though we weren't. Um, properly affiliated with the club, mm. um, we it sort of it gained a lot of yeah, yeah, and we we were invited on stage to the, on the, at the Victoria Park oh, parade. Wow. And the, is it the Kasabian thing and all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that was probably that was probably the most surreal um, moment, but that everything before that sort of led up to it. So it was. How much of that? Um, how much of that winning that um, Leicester City winning the, the the title? How much of that filtered through to the women's game then? Oh, loads, I think. But yeah. it was because the the men's team were doing so well. Also, it kind of when you say oh play for Leicester, mm. it was people were like oh wow, and you know had the whole like, the tracksuits and everything, and yeah, people yeah. people loved it, and mm. it was really really cool, really cool. Because Le- Leicester's, Leicester's a bit, the, the, the context for those of those people who are outside of Leicester, you know, those um, three listeners um, outside of <laughs> us three, um, Leicester's traditionally a rugby town, isn't it, as well? And and yeah. the football team has slowly been growing and growing and growing in, in terms of the, the appreciation of the city. So that year was, I think, an important year in terms of it was also a year where where the rugby side the tigers who were sort of like the man U of of rugby were yeah. on a, a downer and were sort of going down so it was a perfect yeah. time for for you guys to be visible and for that sort of energy around the football team yeah definitely and on the last game of the season last home game of leicester season we were um invited to walk around the pitch with our 
trophy mm. at half time and obviously everyone goes in for a pint of pint but there were some people still out there and everyone was <laughs> clapping and stuff and that was quite nice so so you you don't play anymore what what, what do you miss most about 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 the game oh the fitness for one i just love it i just love the game i love it i watch any game that's on a um i took a football down the park a few weeks ago just on my own (laughs) (laughs) midnight was it lockdown lockdown has rescued that from being the saddest thing i've ever heard in my life (laughs) (laughs) going back to the proudest moment that i sorry when i was thinking about the proudest moment Mm. um it was going to be all those things but then i'm on wikipedia oh really that's a win you're on wikipedia How big? How yeah. big's your entry? If you don't mind me asking, if it was not too rude. <laughs> well, <laughs> not massive. Because I'm going to check out your entry in a minute. <laughs> it's not massive. It's not big. But but I'm there. Yeah. Okay, that, that's great. When it's t- when it, yeah when it's talking about Leicester and where the team came from and yeah, yeah, blah yeah. blah blah yeah. Is there, is there anything you don't miss? Anything where you're happy to see the back of it? I think. But I was the, I was one of the oldest players, mm. um, so for me, and I, and I wasn't sort of. It was hard work. It was we were training twice a week, which is really nothing if mm. you're playing professionally. Obviously, twice a day but now, isn't with, it? With, yeah, with the job and the travel, the travel I don't miss. Right. Okay. Because you know, Going at times down, we played yeah. as far as Newcastle and. And it was, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really like that. But then I was in a very different time of my life than everybody else. Mm. They were all sort yeah, of late of teens, so they 20, were early twenties. They saw yeah. Coach Ryan as, as a bit of a bit yeah. of fun and stuff. And you so, were and after, yeah, after the games, it was, it was um, sort of clubhouse, and everybody would stay. Yeah. But whereas I thought, oh well, I want to get home and be with family, and mm. so that that was that was. Um, different but yeah okay um, I, lo- I did love it i did absolutely love it yeah of course yeah um were there any moments that you kind of reflect on now and you look back and you think it, I, I could have perhaps taken that route or taken that risk and and it might have ended up a little bit different for you yeah i um i should have played at university <laughs> and i and i didn't because i do think that i would have gone higher in in the mm. in my mm. career yeah in yeah football yeah. career yeah because I feel like if I was born 10 years earlier. <laughs> You'd be 10 years younger. <laughs> I'd be on Soccer AM. <laughs> right, yeah. Do you of think that, that's an interesting point, though? Because yeah. the, the, women's, the women's game is gaining more sort of traction um, globally, but also um, the She Believes Cup. Um, there's a lot more coverage of it. Um, around. Um, I, I think it was a major watershed moment where when FIFA added women's football to mm. um to the computer game you know mm. but that's all relatively recent mm. yeah so so was it a um was it a, was it a different world when you first sort of started out to, to yeah. what it is what it was when you finished yeah definitely um you there were only sort of a handful of female players that you'd ever heard of Rachel mm. Yankee mm. um Mia Hamm and it, and it was America America you, you just thought of America when you thought of professional women's football yeah 
because it was well isn't the women's game bigger over there than the well, men's game one well, thing that, one thing that i'm constantly reminded of when i think about women's football is i remember when i was relatively young perhaps in my late teens um I was sitting in my brother's house and we're reading the Sunday papers and he handed me the kind of glossy magazine and it was a really cruel comparison between women footballers in America and women footballers in um, in the UK. And um, so the year would have been something like 2000. And the really cruel headline was something about the fact that the highest paid um, women American woman footballer was sponsored by Nike for a million pounds a year and the England female team in the UK had just come back from international duty and they got paid five pound each to pay to play for England and it was an unfair comparison because I'm sure they were sponsored by Adidas and all kinds of stuff but it was just to draw that sense of this is what America does and this is what we do yeah, and and it, 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 I remember it was really not very nice at all about um, female footballers, and it was almost like American f- female footballers um, are no better, but look how how well they're treated, type of thing. All I can think is that they're just the money they pump so much money into soccer camps, and mm. you know you go over. I know girls that have gone over and played professionally in America. I know um, one girl that wish she had. Yeah, (laughs) and it was like and it was like oh wow like that was just like an absolute dream that yeah yeah how how have they managed to get involved with that but there you go so let's talk about women's football full stop do you think that women's football is in a good place right now or do you still think it's the kind of poor cousin of male football Or, or do you think that they're two different things altogether I think it's in a good place now because it's getting more, picking up more uh, traction, more mm. support, money, which is the main thing really, isn't mm. it? But I, I think it's really hard to compare because you watch a f- women's, at the highest level, the Man City, Chelsea, mm. and it it's it's slower. It's You don't get the 40,000 fans in the stadium um, Do you think there's more more um, adventure adventure in terms of um, the tactics though? Because the, the, there's obviously, like you've mentioned, there's you can see a physical difference between the top male athletes and the top female athletes, just in terms of like raw speed and the speed of the game yeah. and play. But one of the things that I've I've noticed when when watching women's football is there's a lot more experimentation in terms of with tactics, with um, passages of play with you know um various scenarios um and and you can see that there's some really inventive work that's going on that actually it seems like a really exciting place if you're an up-and-coming coach to to try your ideas out to 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 actually look and and think this is my football philosophy um and 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 sort of do it in that environment is that is that something you experience or is that something that you see i would say to a to a degree but i don't think i wouldn't agree that it's more tactical etc because it's because women aren't as fast because they're playing Mm. against the same type of um players um i just think it looks that way if you were comparing it directly to the men's game does that make sense yeah 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 i think the thing that i've noticed because we've played football together and what what showed to me is obviously that whenever i've played football with somebody who's come from a higher level like yourself you can see that level of coaching 
Mm. So you 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 were quite often in the right place at the right time, or made the right decision at the right yeah. moment. Um, and and so, I mean, what was what was the coaching like when you were uh, when you were at Leicester City? Maybe when you'd made that step up from Lutterworth to to Leicester, did you see a complete difference um, in mentality, in coaching, in expectations? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. What did that the, look like? The training was so specific to mm. the position that you played in. You, we often wouldn't train all together until the last part. Mm. So I would go off with um, the other strikers, and we would have uh, we would be with the striking coach, um, and then yeah, we wouldn't have training sessions much of it all together. Mm. Um, but when we did, it was all about one thing and then it would just they'd tweak it and then they'd tweak it and then they'd put it into a uh, game at the end and, and you had to you had to reflect what you'd been hmm. working on so like it was what, really what sort of tailored things, what sort of things were, were they um so things like for example creating creating the space mm. we would do um a drill where we there would be pass move pass move and you just repeat it repeat it repeat it repeat it mm. and then maybe there'd be defenders off doing something else yeah. we're trying to talking about closing the space mm. and then it would all sort of come together at the end and then so it's a bit more like, a, in some ways, it's almost got kind of like a chess game in terms of like you've got like set moves that you're you're doing because for those of us that haven't played at that level, it's just you genuinely like find a way to get it to your trickiest player and like let them yeah. do something magical or or pump it up to your stew-sized striker, <laughs> it will rifle it in. But it's that it's that idea of of actually you've got these sort of scripted moves. Yeah. That you, you, you have to put it, it's 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 a completely different world. Yeah. And did you find that you still enjoyed it? Because that that surely reduces a, a level of creativity. Yeah, it did. Um, but then you would do something that many times, it would come mm. natural, and then you wouldn't even think about it, and then it mm. would improve the game. So um, mm. corners was another thing. Mm. There would each week there would be. They were, well, maybe not each week, every couple of weeks maybe, they would change, you know, with all the signals and things like that. Like yeah. That's what we would do. Mm. Um, and mm. we would just drill it over and over and over and over again. Mm. Um, this is um, this is in line with, with sort of the questions that, that Stuart quite often asks professors of philosophy, um, you know, asking them what their favourite chocolate bar is. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> it, 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 is their favourite colour green? If it's not, why not? You know, yeah. that, those sorts of things. Um, um, who is the best player you've played against and who is who are the worst team that you've played against in terms of like nasty <laughs> oh <laughs> best player I've played against well hang on I'll have to let me think about that one she, pro she uh, probably would look like me with a wig, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's how you play anyway. <laughs> yeah. I remember I remember that first Saturday. What? <laughs> <laughs> Who 
who, who are the nastiest team you played against where you, where you walked off at the end with lumps out of you going oh they're bastards um, Loughborough students Loughborough students yeah was that a local rivalry thing yeah I think, uh, yeah yeah it was yeah it was always all Loughborough Foxes they were they oh actually no Loughborough Foxes was more the Lutterworth days yeah it was I think it was that because they were good because mm. Loughborough University is like a sports university isn't it yeah 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 yeah, uh, for uh, Leicester-wise, it was Chef United were always quite... Rough and tumble. They are up there. Rough and tumble, ladies, yeah. I find. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, didn't like, didn't like playing them, no. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, can we just come back to kind of football as a whole? Because I, I, there's a couple of things I want to talk about before we move on to kind of more kind of current affairs, I guess you call it. Um, what What do you call it? Do you do you think? No, no. Okay. You said you said that in a denigrated way. Current affairs, as you'd call it. I want what to talk about stuff like it? female commentators and stuff like that. That's the current affairs I want to talk about. You oh, just embarrassed yourself, and I'd like to <laughs> I'd like to issue an apology once again. In previous weeks, Simon has um, been quite um, <laughs> quite forward with his racial slurs. Um, today, his outrageous misogyny. He's finding it hard to keep buttoned down. So, on behalf of everyone at the podcast, including our very special guest Helen Busby, I'd like to say sorry. Um, we've discussed your um, playing career. Um, let's um, talk a little bit more about um, equality and equity in football. Um, would it be foreseeable in the future that you might see that um, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years in the future, it doesn't matter when, that there'll be some parity of um, finance with between men and women's football? Do you think that women will ever be sold for 100 million, 150 million pounds? Not women, women footballers, sorry. Because <laughs> uh, oh, there's some I'll places in the world you can get a woman for seven camels, so... <laughs> That's outrageous, <laughs> but true. <laughs> um, I, I can't, I can't see that. Um, I'd like to think so, but until I mean, maybe until until the fans are filling stadiums, that's not going to happen. Mm. Um, but then, if you look at the sort of uh, traje- trajectory in terms of when female football was being played in these big stadiums mm. and the it it has gone up mm. so who knows what's what might be in do you do you think that um do you think see the thing about football is it's 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 by men for men and so i i can't help but think that if is there the same amount is there the same audience for women's football as there is for men in terms of gen, the gender turning up for the gender do you think that there are a hundred thousand female football fans that will turn up to Wembley to watch England play if they get the if they have the kind of equity of opportunity almost? Um, no, I don't. Which is a real shame. If you look at if you look at the fan base, for example, at Wembley when England women mm. play, it's a lot of families, young kids, um, rather than. The big groups of blokes that are why, why, to... why do you think that is? Why, why, why is women's football seen as more family friendly? I don't know. I suppose it goes back to the age old 
beer and <laughs> could it, could it, shout it. I don't know. Could it also be that women's grassroots football is a, a fraction, an absolute fraction well, yeah. of the size of, of um, men's grassroots football? Because one of the yeah. things that you do is you, you go and, like Stuart and I, just slob around mm. like slugs around a pitch. Oh, yeah think we're amazing and then go and watch the actual professionals do mm. it. It's like, um, and, and there must be a link between the size of a grassroots sport and the people that watch it. Are there many, uh, are there many women's leagues uh, out there? And I, I, I don't mean like, can you play for Leicester or Man City? I mean, I mean, um, are there lots of places for women? To, I, I, I genuinely don't know. Are there lots of places for women if, if they, if they feel they want to get involved to go and play football? Yeah, there mm. are. Um, but not as many as there there should be. So if I wanted to play, if if I said you know when when we're allowed again, I would have a fair few options. Mm-hmm. Um, but the trouble is that the the leagues, the um, sort of lo- more local leagues in the lower tier of women's mm-hmm. football, you play in a mid Midlands yeah. league. Um, you're travelling to sort of Nottingham. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, surrounding areas rather than it's not a lo- it's play- not a local pub that you're playing against. No, you're not no, playing against no, no. the Red Bull. That's like a village no. over. Yeah, and no, also if exactly. you're a slobbering mess like me, and I just turn up to me local boozer and I and I put my name down on a team sheet, they'll, they'll just let me play. Like that's it. You know, yeah. it, they they won't. You know, they they only the only kind of like test to get through is like you know, can I drink ten pints or something that make you fall over? Like that's the only that's. Yeah. Whereas there's this, I guess. Um, allusion to this idea that for women to get involved you got to find it you got to seek it out you got to find yeah. the, the precise thing that's going to fit yeah so most recently i was playing back at lutterworth and they got the team back up and running oh, yeah. there uh, different man different managers etc mm. um just before i had a beer there <laughs> um and then that they folded and the the manager there is now managing at hinkley mm. so most of those players have gone mm. why there why do they fold uh, because why did you fold? Um, ugh, lots of back back room kind of jiggery pokery stuff. That's my favourite kind of. That's my. <laughs> I prefer jiggery to pokery, but I'll take both. I think it was he had an opportunity. He knew he's he knows a lot of people. Right. Okay, let's um, not. This is getting a bit of Tony Soprano of... now. So. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Look at this. No, you, you're thinking it's going to libelous territory, as if anyone is listening to this. Um, <laughs> I know. Just um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, be better, better, better facilities and right. uh, people, people are better. Right. Okay. Um, do you, Do you think Do you think there might be an explosion somewhere that will bring that will bring women women's football to a parity in a certain place? So I think about like the US, for example. Yeah, South America. I huge. think about potentially like Japan, um, mm. Brazil. Um, even as well, it's like, do you, do you think there will be a tipping point somewhere where where actually the women's game becomes at parity with the men's game, or or, or or does it just seem like at the moment that's even in these other countries that's that's still too far away? Yeah, I think I, I would love it. I'd love it to be here mm-hmm. because it's growing so much, and it seems, especially in the past couple of years, that it's it is being noticed more, and you know there are more females. Um, even within the men's game, yeah. um, but I don't know. I don't know what it is about the um, 
the size of it at the minute, it's just not. Well, actually, I, I have a. But it's getting so much better. It's getting so yeah, much yeah. better. So I, 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 there's nothing to moan about. I, I have a theory that kind of sorts out the kind of practical and the kind of emotional side of it. The first one is, we've kind of alluded to it already. Um, you know. <laughs> women don't get a good time when it comes to stuff like social media and the rest of it like the the amount of like gibbering morons that uh that male gibbering morons should i add that um that, that just say anything and kind of seemingly get away with it and then a, a woman will say something or a woman um has an opinion of any variety and it's just jumped on it. it it seems to be on twitter that it's just smeared across twitter for days and that's enough to put anybody off that's number one um and number two, me and me and Sai have spoken at length about the idea of um, this kind of really average players that you get in the Premiership, and it seems if you can do the hundred meters in eleven seconds, you've kind of made the mark. And so I think that the, the game has kind of turned into something, some kind of physicality thing, as opposed to beautiful skill or or, or the rest of it. I, I feel like there are so many journeymen, even at the top level of football. Um, but it's based around the fact that they have a certain physical set of traits that I just don't think for all the best will in the world that a woman can emulate, if I'm being honest. I don't think it's about skill. Yeah. I think it's about how fast you can run, about how how yeah. much you can kind of lift almost, you know, like the strength of your core strength. And so that's why the women game, women's game looks different. I think in some places, yeah. I was watching a really great um, few clips the other day um, in preparation for this of South American women's football some of the skill was incredible. Oh, um, yeah. Now, you might say that's because it's slightly slower, but there was none of this kind of like... Th- th- there was none of this charging at teams. It was all quite thought out yeah. and, and the rest of it. And, and I just feel like in the Premiership, especially in this country, there's just... There's just it's what I call the Theo Walcott paradigm. Like, if you... He, that, that lad ain't got the skills that he was born with, but he can do 100 <laughs> metres in 11 seconds, so he goes for, you know, yeah. a load of money, and it's just a load of old... Yeah, mm-hmm. there's, there's, lo- there's loads of players like that as well in the Premier oh, yeah. League, who, like, St. Maximan and, um, like, Pepe, for example, they can... <laughs> they can... <laughs> they can run really fast, <laughs> but it's what you're going to do with the ball at yeah, the end right. of it. But they're, but they're so exciting. But that's, that they're, um, they're moulding the way that football is seen as appropriate. Yeah. But do you, yeah. do, you, do you think that then sort of lends its, itself to, to actually maybe the key to, to the women's game growing is to move away from from the fact that it's trying to emulate the men's game and to almost become mutually exclusive to say it's, it's not a separate sport but to say like it, it's its own thing um, because you know the thing that always really annoys me is like when you've got a women's team that plays against like a men's under 19s or something like that and when if they lose happen? Um, well, there was the the um, Australian national. <laughs> How big do you think it you is? Just, you just, you We're not all bourgeois princes like you. Just kicking to. around the local teenagers. <laughs> That's a separate thing. Um, Chewing a burger. It's, it's called vigilantism. Um, but, but but like where it was the, the Australia women's side um, lost against a provincial under 19s oh, team oh, no. quite quite badly, and it was like smeared over everything. It's like, well, it's proven stuff. It's like, no, they should be seen as two separate things, yeah. two yeah, different things. And 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 I think you know, like like Stu was saying, it's like the the skill set that's there. It, it would then almost uh, get away from what the the Walcott paradigm. Um, the the, the, the Stuart's coined um, in that actually it's a sport in of itself in terms of 
with the fitter and the stronger and the more skillful that the women's games gets, it's compared to itself rather than mm. yeah, like guys that 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 demonstrably can run a hundred meters in and around ten seconds. Mm. You know, it, it, it's that's not a fair comparison. Mm. Um, I wonder if maybe that's the key going forward to actually make it slightly more mutually exclusive rather than, look, here's a version of what we've already got. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and, and I think um, with that in mind, how can you possibly talk about equal equal pay if you, if you're, if you can't compare it with one thing and then... Well, it's interesting. Not with another. I think comparisons in sport are almost impossible. I was reading the other day, you know Tom Brady, yeah. the American football player? He's um, in a 21-year career has played the equivalent of 23 football matches, and you know he's <laughs> really? famously wealthy. And see, and the the reason that came up was because it was a discussion on who's the who's the best sportsman of all time, and someone put on there um, Kevin Davis, Kevin Davis, Kevin Davis, yeah, 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 Ivan Campo. Camp Camp Campos just slightly second, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Emil Heskey third. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Did he ever play for Bolton? No. Shut up. Anyway, so someone was saying, you know, how do you rate the best sportsman? And someone said, oh, Tom Brady, he's won all this stuff and he's like quite old and he's really good. But he's played the equivalent of 23 football matches in a 21 year career. Um, obviously, that's different because then you can't talk about Usain Bolt because he's run for about four minutes. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it, 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 so so for me, there's a there's a really false equivalent of saying, well, why can't women get paid 100 grand a week because they're playing a different sport? You wouldn't pay Usain Bolt less because he doesn't do as much necessarily, or he does something differently. So I think that there's, I think it's, I think it's fair play to say that women deserve to get paid that much. The difference is. And this is where the finances of the whole thing goes belly up. Um, what proportion of profit do football players really see from a football club? If a football club makes a couple of billion pounds a year or they're invested, a couple of billion pounds is invested, then a player for 100 grand a week is, is pennies. Um, yeah. So it, there's, 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 a, there's a slight you know, um, issue there. Um, let's talk about um, women in football because that's what we're doing anyway. Um, but I'm talking about making the transition to um, to, to the male um, side of sport. So obviously you've seen Emma Hayes um, being touted as the possible manager of AFC Wimbledon. Um, and her retort to that was that she uh, she's better than that and that, um, and that uh, they can't afford her. Alongside that, we have Shelley Kerr, who is the former ladies Arsenal coach, um, becoming the first female coach in the men's game. Um, but obviously... Without, with all due respect to the terrible, terrible quality of Scotland uh, of, of football, uh, football in Scotland, she, she, <laughs> Did she, the terrible quality of Scotland. Well, no, no, I love Scotland. I'm a <laughs> that is excoriating. No, 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 come on. No. Um, she is, she is um, managing in the fifth division in Scotland. So she's gone from a former ladies Arsenal coach. Obviously, Arsenal in the ladies game is right near the top of of, of the game. Um, to the fifth division in Scotland, which I think, I think there's a there's a. a, 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 a a league of just sheep kicking random tennis balls to each other in the fourth division, uh, and then the fifth division is 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 how how are there five divisions? How are there five divisions in Scottish football? Who's playing in the fifth division and claims it as the fifth I think division? Um, we, At some I, point, you just say, oh, "I just play a bit of football." I think um, the start the star the player of the year in um, in the fifth division is uh, Wee Poupong Jock McPlop. Um, <laughs> 
who uh, who you know, he cleans, from, cleans, out, cleans out the from, toilets in uh, in the public toilets in Aberdeen. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a man from Scotland, so you can say uh, that. I, I love Scotland. One of the worst things you, I think I've ever heard. I tell you. Yeah, we can't. No, no. The thing the thing about Scotland is, I think it, I it's a lot like Australia. <clears throat> And you'll be aware of this, um, in as much as there's kind of bits of civilization, and it's brilliant, and it looks great, but it's basically empty, uh, and there's not much going on there. And I've seen Scottish football pitches, and I mean the ones that get taken care of, and they're they're basically at 45 degree angles, half of them. So it's five, five divisions. <laughs> five divisions. The fifth division. <laughs> Who's what teams are in the fifth division? Well, I, I'm staggered. Let's get back to the question, and then we'll talk about the Scottish fifth division. But um, obviously, there's some kind of false equivalency in how women are seen in the women's game, and then that being kind of transposed into the men's game. Is that a good thing that women are being seen as possible um, coaches of men, or is it basically another slap in the face to say you're not anywhere near as good? And are you on the side of Emma Hayes by saying that you're taking the piss? Yeah, I am a bit. Yeah. First of all, I think. It's amazing that it's even a conversation. Yeah. And so what she said, yeah, fair play. Why would you? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Not maybe why would you, but because obviously you want to, that those stepping stones are massive. Yeah. But like, um, like previously has been said, she's at the top of her game yeah. in the top, you know, it's, at the minute, it, Chelsea are Chelsea are a force in women's oh, yeah, football. Yeah. Um, so yeah, whether it was tongue in cheek or whatever, at least it's being talked about. But it also it also come, takes away from that real the real tired sort of ex pros. You've got to play football at the highest level to manage at the highest level. You patently don't because you look at the top managers. Yeah. Like Mourinho, like I mean, go go back to like Villas Boas and, and and managers like that who haven't played at a very 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 high level themselves. Wenger haven't played at a very very high level, but are still seen as some of the best managers around. It's like why is there still this idea that it's it's like you've got to have played at the highest level in that sport to then become a coach? Surely they're two different skill sets, and 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 actually to say oh yeah, but you could have Wimbledon. Mm. It's like. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's completely different. And obviously, playing as well as managing brings maybe a slightly different um, perspective. Mm. But I don't think it would affect affect your ability to coach a team. You don't see you people. don't you don't see Ancelotti in um, in the middle of a training session sprinting the hundred meters and tonking <laughs> it into the top right, do you? He'd be dead. After his training session, he goes back and has a medium rare steak with all the garlic sauce he can muster on it. <laughs> Full cream. Oh yeah, there's no other way. No. <laughs> I don't even know what garlic sauce is. I, I, got... I was trying to say peppercorn. <laughs> no, sure it's got garlic in. Um, I'm furiously trying to find um, the the fifth division, but I just can't. The internet won't give me the answers. <laughs> <laughs> that's, see that's that's shocking because because I've seen your Google search history no. and you found some truly <laughs> shocking things well, like like I think borderline criminal and so for that to be scroll, missing tells you everything. Scroll to the very 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 bottom. But it just what of the of the internet. It's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. Of the page, the first page. Yeah. No. Okay. I, I'm. I can't. I can't make jokes about the internet because then we won't be able to put this on on the internet. Um. Okay. Um. Fantastic. So. Let's just have a very, very quick... It's our canvas. 
Sorry, Stu. <laughs> oh, he's... I could do with a drink. I don't know about you, but I could do with a drink. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what would, what would you know. have? Sorry, what would you fancy if you had a little drink now, a little snifter or something? I'd have a Desirono. <laughs> I, I don't know why you're laughing at me. It's how it's spelled. It's Disarono. It's it, and it is the perfect drink. I go back to what I, I keep on saying. It's an amaretti biscuit that you can drink. Um, an amaretti biscuit is a Disarono you can eat. It's incredible. It's perfect. Amaretto. It's it's a it's it's amaretto perfected. It's 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 amaretto. I'm not a fan of drinking biscuits. You're you're not a fan of anything that's good then. Um, okay, let's move on from that. Um, Hold the ice. We, we're gonna we're gonna finish up. <laughs> we're gonna finish. <laughs> I, I'll have I'll have a, a warm biscuit liqueur. Thank you. I tell you, no, it's hilarious. Uh, just a last thing on the Disarono because I know you get sick of talking about it. It's, it's faithful listener Disarono. When 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 we were able to meet in pubs, if somebody gets around in and they say, "What, what am I ordering?" Pint, pint, pint. And a Disarono. No, it will, it'll, it'll, be, it'll, be me, it'll be me and... Would you do that? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. What it will be is, it'll be me snorting and scratching myself. And I go, uh, pint, pint of some, pint of some. And I go, and for him, or for him, or... Um, uh, yeah, just point uh, to it. You don't uh, say uh, it. Uh, point. A perno and lime, please. <laughs> Listen. Perno and lime. That sounds like a detective couple. Yeah. <laughs> um, we need perno and lime. Anyway, sorry. We're talking about football. <laughs> Um, um, I'd like to welcome everyone to Radio Sai. Um, he's gonna he's gonna offer a, an amusing quip in a minute about how you, it's very hard to get lids off of jars. Um, it is when you put them in the fridge. <laughs> oh I use a tea towel. I, I tend Tell to use a tea towel. That is. Just get a tea towel. I put it upside pickles upside down in boiling water. Put the boiling water out of the kettle first, obviously, because then you can't fish it back out. But it's, it's an absolute trick. 30 seconds, sorted. If you've had any issues with lids, um, please get in touch. <laughs> we'd, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Um, back to Radio Sci. Um, listen, let's finish this up. Um, let's finish this tedium up by talking about the football that's occurred this week. Um, Helen, talk us through... Um, uh, well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to insult you by saying who's going to be the champions because that doesn't need to be spoken about. Um, talk me through three things: um, Leicester City, um, Newcastle, and mid-table. Go. Okay, Leicester City flying. <laughs> Yet nobody. It, it's annoying me because nobody seems. They always seem to just get dismissed as, um, you know, a big club. <laughs> But the Premiership, the Premier, Premiership fans are like that. They're, they're yeah. so self-involved with their own clubs. Leicester are listen, doing amazingly. Let, listen, let me let me stop you. Let me stop you. If we've spoken about what constitutes a big club on this podcast once, we've spoken about it about fifteen hundred times. Like, yes, sure, sure. Leicester are not, by many people's definitions, a big club. However, we all know that they are a growing club, and with unlimited finances. Well, with. They have limited finances. Yeah, it's not Man yet City. Yeah, they don't. Yet they don't seem to. No, they've got the perfect. They've mass, got the perfect. Masses, they've got they? the perfect kind of like um, model and structure of bringing players through, selling them off for profit, and then seemingly finding jewels elsewhere and keep bringing that through. I've got no doubt in my mind that Madison will be sold and replaced with either an under eighteen, uh, under nineteen that, that's mm. just as good in some ways. Um, 
And, you know, I was watching Leicester yesterday against Villa and I've uh, forgotten his name. Is it uh, Justin? The, the lad, the lad, yeah, James yeah, yeah, what a, what a quality player, and he looks like he's literally yeah. fallen out of the womb five minutes ago. I mean, he, incredible, incredible player. Um, and they, they, they've just, they, they, they've, they've got, they've got, I see Leicester like they've got mini superstars, they've got mini superstars, mm-hmm. and, and they're so well drilled. And they're, I, I worry for Leicester in the future if two things happen number one, you don't have a manager a bit like Rogers who keeps them drilled and keeps yeah. them the way they should be. And if for any reason there's a strange season where they don't quite get the same quality of player coming through, if and, and if they have to start buying it, big, what does that mean for them? Yeah, it could it could be a disaster. Um, I I spoke to people that um, wouldn't have been surprised if they were in a relegation battle in the past sort of two seasons because really? they were just worried yeah. about what was going to come and then. But but they're they're, they're, no, they're a great side. It's going well. At the I, I was I was texting um, Lester Dave. He's a guy that comes on our podcast uh, sporadically. But I, I I texted him before the game kicked off yesterday, and I said to him, "This is the kind of game where any other team will make it look like hard work, and if they got a result, it'd be a real fight." Whereas Leicester have this quality of where they just effortlessly get a result, and, uh, mm. and you know you can have opinions Unlike about like Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> But um, you know, yeah. their players, they yeah. Uh, well, Leicester doing really well. Where do you think Leicester will finish? A bit early in the season, I know, but uh, top mm, four. Yeah. They go under the radar. The fact they're not a big club yeah, is like the biggest do. thing about yeah. them. It's like the best thing about them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I would like to think, without a doubt, top six. Yeah. I, um, I feel like you know. I, I'm scared of teams like, um, well, Chelsea at the minute because they seem to, you know, Thomas Tuchel is mm. kind of a natural manager trying to stamp. His, yeah, but you have yeah. to, you have so to accept. It's like, are they going to absolutely kick on in mm. a couple of games' time? But you have to accept that if um, if if he does kick on, it's going to have to be next season. He's not going to turn the team around. He'll get results this season. It'll be steady. No. But the, I think. I still, I still see them having a little bit of a wobble at certain times. And the, the, the thing about Leicester, that sums up Leicester, if I had to describe them in one word, it's like continuity. It's like the, the, the team they put out. They, they, I reckon there's an argument to say that Leicester have had the worst um, injuries this season. Yeah. They've had about, I think they've yeah. had 10 players out at different points for like six weeks, eight weeks, here, there, never, and they have just managed so well. And I'm so tired of hearing about Liverpool. I'm so tired of hearing about that. Yeah. Because I think there's 10 but teams. You look at the team... Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. The teams around and above, well, not the minute, but, you know, in and around that sort of top four, five, six place, some of them are so just completely unpredictable. I think Everton are going to fall away, personally. I I don't think, I think when the pressure gets on towards the end of the season, I think they'll they'll be, they'll fall away a little bit. I think they'll get a top eight, but I don't think they're going to get, they're not going to push for the top five. I think you, it's interesting that you make a really interesting point about Leicester. Of like, if they have a season where yeah, it yeah. doesn't go right, it's like Manchester United have been dross for for a long time, and you could argue that since Ferguson left, they've not got mm. it right, like properly got it right, and you know even to the point where Mourinho says one of his biggest managerial achievements was getting them to be second, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it's like when Mourinho is <laughs> yeah. saying that, I mean, but but uh, but everyone's sort of talking about when will Manchester get back up, when will United get back up to where they need to be. Nobody says that about Leicester. 
So if Leicester have a couple of bad seasons yeah. or a bad season, it will be then like, oh, have Leicester found where they need to be or will they be back to a relegation thing? It's, it's, I don't know whether that's a strength or a weakness for them, but it, it's, it's hilarious, these, these sort of different narratives that come out. It's like Manchester United could realistically be in the doldrums for the next yeah. decade and, and wouldn't that be terrible? But, you know, Leicester could be in and around three or, th- or four, three or four, have one season where they finish 10th, and, like, everyone would be like, that, that could be it for Leicester. Yeah. I, yeah. Nobody's talking about when are Leicester going to get you know, back You know what's again? interesting? I was watching a summary of the, of the se- like, the end of the season pr- before they won the, cha- the, 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 the title, and then a, a summary of the season where they did win it. And I was watching that fight, the, the, uh, the kind of highlights of the last couple of games and how close they were to being relegated. On that final game, how mm. and oh, yeah. Le- Le- Leicester always have the danger of going back to that place. They've always got a little bit of danger of going back to that because yeah, they have the spending power. They've got the players. They've got the manager. They seem to have the board, but <laughs> there's still something about it being organic and and not it, it, you know they're like a mini they're like a mini Man City, aren't they? That it's, but but without without the billions and it's it's just interesting. It's just interesting. What about Newcastle United? Because I'm asking you about them for a reason, obviously. Newcastle, Newcastle frustrate me so much because I lived, I lived there for oh, four I'm years. Sorry. I actually want them yeah. to do really well. Went mm. there, went to the ground a couple of times. Um, oh, but I failed to see. I don't really like everyone ganging up on, uh, on <laughs> Brucey baby. I just yeah. want to give him a cuddle. I still, were, I'm, <laughs> but Callum Wilson, Callum Wilson is a massive. Blow for them. Massive. He's done a what? <laughs> he's he's a big um, blow. You. He's you, injured. No, he's a I, the thing is, the thing about Steve Bruce is that I, <laughs> I, I honestly like he's in terms of me being a football fan. He's been off my radar for a long, long time. I'm not that interested in him. I still I still remember respecting him as a player, and it's just a shame to see him being dragged through the dirt in in that way. Um, yeah. I think the biggest shame is is Newcastle. We've spoken about this before, Stu, haven't we? Oh, about yeah. Newcastle as a club. Like I'm, I'm not a Newcastle fan, but I want Newcastle at the top. I want Newcastle dangerous. I want it is dangerous. Newcastle's You've a been there on a Saturday night. City. <laughs> yeah, it's massive. <laughs> it, it's like it, it's and and maybe again I'm harking back to the yeah. sort of the tired tropes of Newcastle you know, should be at the top. Should they? Well, listen, this is this is football's a meritocracy. This, this is exactly surely. what we're talking about. And with so Leicester. Maybe this shouldn't. is the same discussion as Leicester. Like people saying Newcastle yeah. are fighting relegation. Well, they haven't got a very good team. Leicester have got a really good team. They were second in the, ta- in the table. Like, yeah. who cares about what they did in the eighties? Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, and finally, mid. Do you- uh, never Sorry. interrupt me. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> what? What about middle of the table? Middle of the table. What? What? It's, it's a bit of a shit fight at the minute. Like, there seems to be not very many points between. There it is. You know, if you look at tenth, eleventh, it's five points off of. Um, like, knocking on for European places, it's five points off of might be in a relegation scrap. Yeah, um, uh, old boring Burnley are in and about, aren't they? You know, you won't believe <laughs> how many online fights have with Burnley supporters. Nothing wrong with Burnley. We play dynamic football, no, we do. Nothing wrong with Burnley. No, you don't. Well, what's wrong with winning? <laughs> they you play don't win effective football at yeah. times. Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, yeah. But yeah, middle middle of the table, you you just expect mm. Burnley to be there, don't you? Stuck, stuck right there. Um, um, West Ham are impressing yeah. me a lot. Um, Brighton are a weird Brighton. one because they seem to play, but they've been 
<laughs> don't you think as well their manager uh, Graham Potter he looks Potter. like he he looks like to me if he wasn't a football manager he would be the a predator church janitor <laughs> Like the bloke that holds has the, keys the, to the, the guy that solemnly and like with, with a runny nose collects the Bibles at the end of the sermon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah he looks yeah. to me like looking a bit. He looks shady to me like he, he'd be the guy that just runs the office at QuickFit. No, like, that's it. Just he's the guy that does. He's, he's the guy that does the trolleys. <laughs> yeah, but um, oh, and I hate the fact that it's potable. Not... It's potable as no, if no, he's invented potable. something. He's invented. No, he's invented no. nothing. He he he's invented okay, nothing. Okay, okay, okay. Calm Don't down. call it potable. Calm down, calm down. Okay, um, give us um, give us two surprises. Number one, tell us who's going to excel from now until the end of the season. That's going to be a surprise that maybe might take us by surprise. And tell us who's going to get relegated. That isn't loaded. That isn't loaded. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm mm. going to go with my heart. Fulham mm. to stay up. Mm. Yeah. West Brom to go down. Yeah. Uh, we yeah, West Brom, uh, Sheffield yeah. United, and ooh, I'm gonna say. <laughs> Good, excellent, fantastic. That that that'd be great. That'd be great. Hey, listen, <laughs> you forget that actually they were down there not that long ago. To be fair. Okay, yeah. and who's going to be the surprise package season where everyone will turn around at the end and go, Jesus, we didn't see that coming. They got fifth in the table, whatever. West Ham. West Ham, I do. Yeah. Mm. Who's your favourite player for West Ham? I, I love yeah. Suchek. Great player. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I hated Jesse Lingard when he was Do you think that's you. a bit of a flash in the pan, though? But I just think it's... Well, I don't know, we'll see. I mean, but it, when they signed him, no, nobody thought no. that he was going to start... Every, yeah. Start every game, yeah. and in what three he got, goals, two assists, or something like that. Well, he yeah. scored the other night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no fair play to yeah. him. He's, he seems to have a, a, a new a new lease of life. But um, they they just seem mm. really together, really yeah. up for it, and really. Mm. It's nice confident. that they've got kind of like England's kind of third cent- uh, like defensive midfielder as well in Declan Rice. I think I think he's okay at times. So yeah, I mean. He's, <laughs> He's looking he, at top four. He's yeah, looking he, at top he's no, four. He's no, he's no Calvin Phillips, but you know who is. Okay, right, fantastic. <laughs> so, certainly not Pascal Stroig. Anyway, that's becoming lead yeah, specific, specific, isn't it? That is. <laughs> it's um, it's been fantastic to talk to you. Um, we've overcome mountains mm. to have this chat. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, it's been lovely to speak to you, and 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 you know, and and listen and talk about things that we don't usually talk about, and that's because obviously I share this podcast with a chauvinist pig. Um, so, so it's it's really nice to really nice to talk about women's football and about and about the future of it, and um, and yeah. So thank you very much. Would you have me on again? It depends. Uh, I want to talk more mm. about men's stuff. <laughs> we'll, 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 <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. We'll we'll call you. <laughs> I will. If it wasn't, can I? If I send you I'll a bottle of um, <laughs> Disarono, <laughs> Disarono through the post, um, yeah, I'll, I'd intercept it. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd smell it. Would, yeah, it's in the village. Um, no, it's we'd love village. to have you on again, and and perhaps we will have you on um, a few games from the end of the season when we can tell you that all the things you just said are completely wrong. Fantastic, brilliant. <laughs> I I expect that to be the case. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Okay, doke. Well, um, Sai. Um, do you want to say bye to like the four people that listen to this? 
Uh, well, no, because actually everything is just ultimately it's meaningless, pointless. isn't it? Especially and, talking uh, to you. We're just saying it's an absurd. Okay, thanks for listening to the Outsiders podcast where philosophy and football come together in a beautiful personal harmony between myself and our special guest Helen and not this chauvinist, bigoted pig (laughs) side. Cheers, guys. Thank you.